Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Bad Storytellers, a podcast about a small group of writers in Titusville, Florida. I am your host Josh LaForge and with me today is Liam Malone, Donino Credit Card, Max Wessel. I'm sorry I'm not Mick Foley. Doug Banks. Hello. And today we have a special guest joining us to have his work critiqued live on the air, Malachi Cole. Oh, no. Congratulations <laughs> on winning that contest. Yes. <laughs> that none of you knew about. <laughs> yeah, the contest we didn't advertise. That Thank all you. of you were entered in, too, if you live in the area and you submit stuff. It's not impossible. Yeah, it's not <laughs> impossible. You could do it. As uh, the winner, you get criticized. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Looking you forward. fucking suck at winning. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, is that you? All right. So so don't have any retractions uh, this week. There, there were some minor inconsistencies, but it wasn't anything that I could even quantify into a retraction like I normally do. Good. Uh, uh, let's let's shoot for the stars this time. Let's really rack them up. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to purposely say a bunch of incorrect shit then. <laughs> I you know think what? just not on purpose. Just don't fact check yourself before you say it. <laughs> you guys you are in luck. I don't like the thing that it's uh, like. The, the Battle of Hastings was in 999. No, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. So uh, the, the way this podcast works is we typically start. It's October by, 1066. <laughs> we typically start by discussing uh, the media we've consumed between now and our last podcast. And then we move on to our own writing samples that we've submitted to each other and then give each other criticism. So one of the things you can do is you can actually submit your own writing to badstorytellers at gmail.com and have us critique your stuff live on the air. It can't be longer than 10 pages, but uh, we're happy to, to do that. I mean, that's really all this podcast is for, to be perfectly honest. I would, I would love to. Yeah. And um, also, at the end of each episode, we roll the dice, find three genres from a list of genres, and then we try to figure out how those would be a film, and then we record the trailer for that film for your listening pleasure. So how are you guys doing? How's everybody doing today? Doing well. Good. Very um, good. Feeling fresh. It's been two weeks since our last episode, so I assume there's a decent amount of media that everybody's uh, consumed. You'd be wrong. You'd, <laughs> okay. Well, That's not well, a fair amount. Why don't we start with Doug? What you, uh, you do? I haven't had a lot of time to watch movies or TV with uh, my new full-time job, Braggadocio. Uh, but, but I have played some more games recently, and I started playing Alien Isolation, yeah. and that is like the best thing to happen to the Alien movies. Is that the Donald since, Trump game? Since Aliens. <laughs> like, What's it for? Say what now? PS4? Alien Isolation. Xbox? Is that the Donald Trump game? Computer? That was good, Max. What's the, <laughs> no, no, what no, system's no. the game on? <laughs> it's the horror survival game that I have on uh, on Steam. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, and the, I, the, I bought it like a year ago, and just haven't had the chance to play it until you now. Know how many games I bought on Steam? I just don't play. So many. <laughs> yeah, like everybody. <laughs> I saw someone play that with the uh, Oculus Rift. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I am dying to play it on the mm-hmm. Oculus Rift because it's like it is scary and stressful, even in you know first person on the computer. But yeah, the the Oculus <laughs> like it'll be a little bit more stressful because you feel like you're there. But it's good that you're going to feel like you're there because you so badly want to like turn your head to peek around walls and stuff, and you can't really do it in the game yeah. that well. So it's like it gave me that freedom to like look where i want i rode That's a roller awesome. coaster in oculus rift and i felt like i was there 
So I can't even imagine what the alien game with the Dude, newer it's, it, it's, model it's would be. So, it's so stressful and right. so authentic to the movies. You really feel like you're in it. And, uh, a living I, nightmare. I, I knew I, I was it, sitting it, in like a computer office chair, but my stomach was flipping like I'm flying down a roller coaster mountain. I, I have legit had two nightmares since I started playing the game. They don't have the alien in them, but I wonder if it's just because I go to sleep and my anxiety levels are still through the roof. <laughs> it's, it's there. You just don't see it. No, it's, it's there. It yeah. is there. Like, I can only play and then get killed once, maybe twice, then I have to stop. Like, I can't, I can't, it's not one of those games you can marathon and power through. Like, oh, no, I'm, I'm so close to beating this. I just got to beat this thing. After you die twice, I'm just like, you know what? It's not happening. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to have to leave, walk away. Just years of your life are wasting away. Any, uh, any shows you, you watched or movies you saw as well? I'm struggling really hard to remember. I did see Zootopia. I don't remember if I talked about that last time. I don't think so. Yeah, how was yeah. Zootopia? It was really good. Um... It did everything it set out to do, and although at the end of the day it is like a family film, so it is it is like for children as well, um, it tackled some serious issues that I was frankly pretty surprised and wasn't expecting to see, and uh, it pretty much stuck the landing. I know some people had a problem with the political issues that they were talking about. They're like, there's no space for this in a kid's movie, and I'm like, well, this is actually the perfect place for it because you have talking animals and... You can address this without being too preachy about it, but I guess they some did the same thing with Wally. Too preachy. They were well, pissed about Wally. Um, Wally didn't feel that people are still angry compared about to this. Wally. Yeah, really? I like yeah, Wally. What's definitely. Up with that? Well, the fat people at the end they couldn't walk, and they're like, "No, fat people are just as active as." But then there's the other one, no, like, that conservation. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah, those people, those people. I mean, I'm not talking about reality, but the people in Wally were definitely not active. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting. I'm not getting the issue because I, I got the joke. I guess. Yeah. So why why are people having a problem with it? It was it was taken to a cartoonish extreme. Hence the fact it was not real. It was a cartoon. What's yeah. the problem? What's the problem? Uh, but it's I don't know. With, dangerous with Zootopia, they, it was they they did it pretty well, and um, I think it succeeded. And I would be interested in a sequel. I mean, I don't say that for Disney cartoons that often, but if they if they announced they were going to do a sequel, it would hopefully be like another buddy cop film, and uh, it's Lethal Weapon, but with furry animals. Oh, sweet! That's I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm on board. Which one is Murtaugh? <laughs> uh, they're not. They don't quite fill the same character <laughs> roles as that. That would be but, awesome. Uh, if, but, uh, if the, if the they, rabbit's they definitely... like, it's like, would you say I'm crazy? <laughs> I'm crazy. I would watch every Lethal Weapon movie in a row if they were just same audio, cartoon animals <laughs> doing the same. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was good. Um, I'd recommend seeing it if you're even the slightest bit interested. Definitely. What about you, Liam? Uh, I've actually spent the last two weeks recording new wave music more than more often than not. I think I was here like eight days out of the two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've still been watching Naruto a lot. Oh, nice! I'm into the second show. Oh, the Shippuden. Yeah, yeah. The, after the time skip, yeah. second show. Uh, the last thing I saw was the uh, puppet guy Sadori. Sasori. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Sasori uh, just got killed. Spoiler alert! Jeez, I don't do give you mean a shit. This is like ten years ago. <laughs> do you mean uh, season two? Show? What do you mean? No, there's, no, no. There's, there's two separate two shows. Like Naruto, there was like eight seasons. Naruto <laughs> ends, and then there's a three-year time skip, and a drag then it begins again. Ninja? It's called Nar- no. Naruto Shippuden. Oh, oh cool. He sounds so. real sassery. That's as soon as Liam said Naruto, I just started to hear white noise. Me too. <laughs> it's really good. It's really. good. I hear is great. When I hear the word Japan, my brain just stops paying attention. Because <laughs> you're a fucking Aww. racist. That's no, too bad. Man. It's culturist. He's named his car the Enola Gay. <laughs> oh, God. Actually, my car is named Liam Nissan, so... Uh, you have a Japanese good. car. I, it's a Korean car. Nissan? 
I'm pretty sure it was built in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> might, be, might have been built in tech in Tennessee. Yeah. Right? Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. That'd be even nicer. It'll say on the uh, inside door panel. <laughs> Open your door. All right. Yeah. So uh, what about you, Max? <laughs> um, I saw a very good movie I enjoyed called uh, Moonwalkers. With, um, oh, that was a great Sega game. Yeah. Is, is it about walking on the moon? <laughs> yes, technically, because it's Rupert Grint and Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman is a CIA agent who is hired by um, one of the Air Force guys at NASA or whatever to fake the moon landing on video just in case the Apollo mission didn't make it because they were afraid of losing to the Russians. And Ron Perlman is a band manager who fucks up everything for his band, and then they run into each other and wacky hijinks ensue hmm. and a lot of blood. So did Man, they, you, did they uh, determine that faking it was just impossible? Like you just can't do it? No, they uh, <laughs> they, they made the movie. <laughs> they made they it. make a movie. It's, you have to watch it. It's amazing. Okay. It's when a really good Rupert movie. Rupert Grint and Ron Perlman and Space Program, I was praying for a sequel to Thunderpants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys heard about that movie? I completely no, forgot I, that movie I have existed. No idea. Tell me yeah. what it's, this it's, movie it's is. It's Ronnie the Bear. <laughs> Ron <laughs> Weasley. Ronnie the Bear is like this kid scientist, and he meets another kid who can power a rocket with his farts. <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> no. Yeah. That, that sounds amazing. Isn't real. It, it happened. That movie happened. Didn't it happen it's, before it's, Harry Potter? It's like right before. I think so, yeah. It's either just before or like right around the same time. Either way, you need to see that movie. It's, you just have to see I it to believe to it. I won't, I won't spoil it. Can we watch anything. it as a group? You have to who enjoy is it? it. Who's in it? Who's the actor? Oh, God. The we kid should, who played Ron Weasley. We should Rupert have, Grint. Oh. Yeah. We should have bad storyteller watches. Or so, I don't know. I would. Yeah. Well, I would do that. Um, and then I saw last night. I watched the Mummy Returns. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Terrible. Yeah, Just no. as Terrible as I remembered. Yeah. Uh, was it on like FX or? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. No. It, it's on Netflix. Oh, That's okay. not the one with the Scorpion King, right? Yeah. No, it is. Oh, it is. Oh my god. So yeah, like, man. The when the rock, that movie. <laughs> the rock turns into a scorpion, right? You think now it's just like a blob of gray CGI, and you're yeah. like, oh my god, that's so terrible. My favorite is at the end yeah. where he stabs him, and they're hanging over the crater, and then it's like three full seconds of this shot before the mummy slides in and just goes, no! Yeah. Oh, it's the most awkward. <laughs> a full slide. It's awful. Yeah. It's one of the worst He's things. sliding in on home plate. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The Robinson Crusoe with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, and I never I'm like, heard about that. It was made right after Castaway to kind of capitalize it on was, that shit. And but it, it was, was garbage. It was so hot garbage. And then they're going through. And then they cared Damn. little enough. They did it like an aerial shot of his island. And they showed the city on the island. It's supposed to be like 1703. And they just camera pan over the city, like with cars driving by, and shit. you're like, "What?" They don't give a shit, so what I just turn fuck? it off. That Damn. was terrible. But then I started reading um, a book I'm really enjoying, a Canticle for Leibowitz. Oh, that? no, I've got it. I, that, that's on my list. It's one I've always heard about to read. Mm-hmm. Turtle Dove really likes it, so I started reading it. And who, who wrote that one? <laughs> you and I don't know. Turtle okay. Dove. I don't know the name of the author. It's on my Kindle, and it is amazing. It's about the the atomic war happens in the late '60s, early '70s. And then the survivors get back together to create society, and they decide to kill anyone involved with the nuclear war, and then they just decide to kill anyone who could read or is smart. Shit escalates. And, like, the Catholic Church, like, the outlying monasteries are the only place people can survive. So the monks become bookleggers, where they go out into the world to try to save books. And if the people catch them with a book, they burn them alive with the book. Jesus. It's like Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. If but, it was metal as balls. Yeah. <laughs> and not just a guy screaming at his wife in his apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Booklegger, I thought, was a cool-ass term. And I'm that is cool. Enjoying yeah. the book. 
As for me, I, I read The Postman. Yeah. I really liked it. Finished it? it? Yeah, finished it. Um, I, I have, I'm kind of mixed feelings about it because it feels like it's two different books. Like, at a certain point, the book ends, and then it starts again. <laughs> and it starts, like, six months later. And, and the world's it, flooded with all the ice caps have melted. <laughs> well, no, if they, if, they, if they would have melted, it would have happened before the book started. Yeah. But it's like there's a, it, there's like a time skip where it's like six months later, and it, it, it just had a good ending. And, and our, mm-hmm. w- by the time I got to that ending of the first, it's not even the first half. It's like the first three quarters of it. But by, by the time I got to the end of that, I was like, I don't understand why this book isn't required w- reading in schools. This is phenomenal. Like this is a, one of the best books I've ever read. Period. It's just so engaging because the basic premise is a guy pretends to be a postman because he finds a. Dead postman. <laughs> I think everyone's seen the movie. No, don't see the movie. Fuck you. <laughs> the movie's like three hours long and it's terrible. I'm into that. That's my childhood. What is, what is this movie called again? The postman. postman. The postman. Yeah. I think I may have seen this. Tom Petty's in it. Yeah. It's Armageddon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Po- post-apocalyptic. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And he's a postman. Yeah. That's yeah. the joke. Yeah. Yeah. But but the uh, many jokes. There's parts in the beginning of the book where I'm like tearing up because as soon as people think they, that he's the postman, like how'd you become the postman? And he's like, oh, uh, I just I I found the postman's stuff and he was dead, so I just have it. They're like and they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he found the postman's things. Now he's the postman. And he's like, I'm not a postman. What are you talking about? It just gets wrapped up in this huge lie. Yeah. But then the lie comes to benefit him when he otherwise would have like a lot of trouble and then he just ends up taking up this this crazy quest to restore America that he's telling everybody exists like it like America's reformed and we're just spreading out to the west coast and it's not the case at all but if he keeps up the lie long enough it might come true <laughs> so yeah. it's it's really really good but the second half is okay but it's more of like an action story it's a new california republic meets yeah. ncr baby mhm he meets them yeah, but it's not that interesting. On a side note, how did you feel about the uh, Vietnam veteran? Which Vietnam? I, I don't remember the Vietnam In the, veteran. The last part of the book, the breathing exercise one. I don't want to ruin it for anything. Oh, oh, so he. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. That, that's what. That's one of the things that uh, that really threw me off because mm-hmm. it's. So he meets basically like in the first in the first half of the book it's very hard sci-fi and, and there's a part where you're like oh shit this is not hard sci-fi they're going full like like I don't want to spoil it but there, there there's this other thing that's going on at the same time and and but you find out no no it's it's hard sci-fi like it, it's exactly what you think the whole time and then the second half he meets a bunch of cyborgs <laughs> so like I said it's like two different books it's dope though yeah I um, I no. No, I didn't. I mean, it's still written well. It's just, but it's just, it feels like a different book. And like I said, the first half has an ending that's good. <laughs> if he just stopped it there, I'd be like, "This is awesome. This is a great book." I also watched more of Daredevil. Yeah, I finished episode four. Okay, the <laughs> season two, episode four. It's awesome. Um, it, it was <laughs> yeah. great. It was really good. I also started reading Valus by Philip K. Dick. Um, I don't know what it's about. But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm about 10% through it. Uh, right now, it's just about suicide and uh, does God exist? But not – sorry, it's not does the book think God exists, but does this group of like five people in 1970s California arguing about whether or not God exists and a couple of them are really high and one of them is just crazy. I, I don't know it's, what it's about yet. Yeah. And it's that far in the book, and you really don't know what's going on? Correct. Let this one play out, though. No, I, I'm going to finish it. Let him play I'm it out. It. Oh, Let yeah. him play it out. To be fair, I mean, that's Most. it's already it's already better written than The Man in the High Castle. 
Okay. Like I, I'm I'm already connecting with the characters, but it's just probably because at the beginning of the book it, it's just talking about like a lady wanted to commit suicide and you just get in this guy's head because it's written in first person. He's like, I don't understand how this works. It's good though. Cool. Also, I've been watching Dragon Ball Super. Ooh. And that shit is <laughs> awesome. It's a new Dragon Ball series. Oh shit. Yeah, it, after it ignore, GT ignores GT. Oh, GT never happened. Okay. Um it and it, it begins Thank God. it begins like a couple years after Z ended. Um, cool. And it is hilarious. Like they just went full on they're like, nope, this show screw any seriousness. This show's fucking funny. Like cool. just just right off the bat, it, it brings it back all the qu- wackiest characters, like little ninja dog. Shu mm-hmm. and uh, Pilaf, the little the little Goblin King guy who forces him like forces him to do things. Like it's it's funny, man. It's it's a very funny show. I'm digging it a lot. Cool. I forgot it. to uh, update. I'm on uh, almost done with Prisoner of Azkaban in my yearly, oh, yearly Harry, Potter, Harry Potter run through. Cool, man. Soon be moving into Goblet of Fire. Right on. Cruising on down the lanes. <laughs> do you read it alongside the Pottermore website? No, I I I don't really go on that. Because if you know, you, like if you have a headset on and it will play like the sound effects. If you turn, like if you're on this chapter, it'll like sort of provide atmosphere while you're reading the book. Apparently, that's oh, cool. That's pretty dope. What, um, Max in Pottermore? What is your house? Ravenclaw, motherfuckers. You <laughs> <laughs> got a tattoo. I have a Ravenclaw tattoo. Let me see. We gotta see it. Hold up. Pop that shirt off. Yeah, so he's wearing a Star Wars shirt with uh, uh, the Rebel Alliance. And also a flannel shirt over uh, over it, signifying yeah. his grunginess. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was there. Nirvana look. I was there in the 90s. All right. Is that it? It doesn't it's say It's the Ravenclaw eagle wearing a Ravenclaw scarf. Oh, right on. Yeah, oh, blue nice. and white. The bronze and blue. Interesting. Not blue and white as in portrayed in the movies. What was your one? Yeah. What was his properties? Do you remember? No. I don't remember much about mine, but it had a, a dragon core, Ooh. and it was surprisingly swishy. <laughs> that was, that was its, I think its mine property. was oak with a uh, phoenix feather. Phoenix feather. Yeah, mine, I was, I was Gryffindor. Was you? That's a good wood. Mine was you with unicorn something? Unicorn tail? Unicorn hair? That sounds pretty dope. What house were you, Liam? Shit. Ravenclaw. Man. I was like... Boring. It, it, you know how it gives you the it gives you the list of like which ones you could have gone into. You're likely to be sort. Mine was like Gryffindor top, mm-hmm. and then sl- very almost imperceptibly lower than that Slytherin. I think that's the way most Gryffindor Slytherins go. It's yeah. got to work. Yeah, mine was mine was straight up Ravenclaw second Gryffindor. I I thought I was going to get Ravenclaw. What about you, Malachi? You you and. Um, I think I've done it so many times that I've manipulated it enough <laughs> to be no, 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 no. all then, of them. Then there's an obvious answer: Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're playing the game, homie. Yeah, man. My uh, my wand's made out of dragon skull and, and <laughs> your mother's hair. And a, and a minotaur's cock. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. All right, I believe then you went to Dermstrang Magic School, <laughs> if you know what I mean. What about you, Malachi? What have you consumed recently over like the past two weeks? I just <laughs> I just finished um, – tell me if I'm saying his last name right. Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut. Vonnegut. Yep. Kurt Vonnegut. Cool. Um, something he just wrote before he died. He said he'd never write a book, and then he wrote one. Was it the Man Without a Dresden? Country? Man Without a Country. Oh, yeah. But he mentions Dresden in it. The, he wrote uh, something that was published in Playboy right before he died, where it was actually about his experience in Dresden. And I'm pretty stoked about Playboy getting rid of the nude, nude yeah. thing yeah. so, you, so I can just buy it because 
I know it's always the joke. It's like, I read it for the articles. But no, legit, like, the porn in Playboy has always been secondary compared to porn <laughs> anywhere else. You know, like, you can buy in, in my life, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, it, and the articles in Playboy are just amazing. Like, they're, they're yeah. so good. Sorry. For, for a while, I'm sure Playboy was number one, man. Oh, yeah. There was a long time where, like, there would be, like, article collection magazines of Playboy. And I kind of remember that when Vice started coming out, it just seemed like Playboy without the nudity hmm. in a lot of ways. You mean Maxim? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I got to like tell you, the, the internet's ruined any of that information. Yeah, because we used to have, have to go out in the woods, yeah. you know? To jerk off. To find a hobo. <laughs> no, man. Find I, a hobo camp. Yeah, yeah that's true. Internet. It's like right off the bat, internet. Uh, I Then I watched the movie Slaughterhouse 5 based on a book. <laughs> He wrote <laughs> that movie sucks. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I enjoyed it too. Oh, but it has a. Uh, I it used, doesn't do it justice. I used a great uh, technique that he used in that movie in the script that I wrote, The Hackstone. Elastic editing, the way he moves back and forth with match cuts through time. Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. Cool. Mi- cool. Uh, Miyazaki uses that a lot. Who? So I tried to implement that into that thing. Is that one of them animes? Man, I'm. I love anime. I mean, I, can't. I think I think you're the odd man out here, Max. I know. After I finished uh, the man, man with no country. country, yeah, without a country, I started American Gods. I'm already like a yeah. third through it. Yeah, uh, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. We we, we it is that was not re- Gaiman. It is Gaiman. Yep. We had a retraction last time. Yeah, last week. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's uh, G A I. Gay. I men. No. Gaiman. Yeah. It's, he says Gaiman because to say Gaiman is redundant, mm. and he's an author and he knows better. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah, it's good. It's a good book. Mm. American God so far. I really like it. How many how far are you into it? How far am I in it? Okay. The council happened. Um she he you was You say the council when they went to the House on the Rock? Yep. Okay. House on the Rock. The, Ooh, okay. Uh, I thought yeah. I thought you were uh, the carousel one. Yeah. That is it. Yep, the carousel mm-hmm. is on the rock. Oh, okay. House on the rock. Um gets busted, gets saved uh, by his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a little bit further than that, but I can't remember. It, it Have you read any, anything else by him? No. Okay, cool. Weave World, bro. Yeah, out of, like, out we, of nowhere, my girlfriend. No, we, Weave World is Clive Barker. You oh, mean that's Clive Bar- Neverwhere. Uh, Neverwhere. Neverwhere yeah. is my fucking shoe. My girlfriend's sister gave me that book. Yeah. And she was like, I think you'll like this. <laughs> she I've was, only met her a handful of times. She was right. She's like, you do like Norse gods and weirdness? And you're like, yeah. 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 You, well, you know, Odin is a main character of this book. So. <laughs> I've got that you nice. Like uh, that. It's not a stretch. Barnes & Noble leather bound edition of those two. Oh, cool. I, it's pretty I dope. I think. I don't know if the series is coming out this year or next year, but the series is in production. Preacher is in production. Yeah, yeah well, I saw uh, a commercial for Preacher. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel. I, I'm sure yeah. Preacher could be with The Walking Dead the way it is. They could probably pull it off. Yeah, I just don't know about the main actor right now. I don't know who they picked he for seems Jesse. Too like pretty. Who, who is it? Do I don't know? know. Some guy who vaguely looks like uh, old man Stark. From the Marvel Universe. Okay. All right. Well, then that'll be a retraction for next week. We'll find out who that guy is. It might actually be Old Man Stark. Yeah, maybe. Whoever maybe. that actor is who I don't know and don't care about. Tony Stark's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Preacher is so fucking good, though. Parts of it are. <laughs> What's funny is is that it's- Santa ma- Killers. It's, yeah. It's mainly good, but I think the best thing Santa in Preacher Christmas. are the side stories when they go into everybody's past. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jesse's dad in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I like That Princess. part is amazing. Uh, Tulip's past with her dad. Super amazing. Mm-hmm. Santa Killers. 
obviously. Princess. The most metal story that I've read. Like, I don't know. There are some other. It's up there. It's up there. In like I don't know. Fucking that, the, crazy. The moment in uh, in Jesse's dad's story where he's carrying him on his back to try to get to the base, and the flare goes off above their head, and they're surrounded by Viet Cong. That is like that's like the best thing that never happened in a Vietnam movie. <laughs> I need to see that movie. Like that one. So why don't we move on to our own writing, guys? Let's do it. And Malachi, he brought yes. in uh, something as well. So we're gonna go around. You read everybody's as well, Malachi. I did. Okay, cool. So you're gonna. Do you want to receive criticism first, or you you want to dish it out first? First, I'll go let's, first. Let's, cool, man. Okay. Whatever you want to do. So what about you, Max? What would you bring us? I brought in some of my poetry today. Yes, you did. Three poems, right? Three poems. I really like them. Three ones I had written. Uh, The first one is about talking to people who you used to be good friends with and stopped talking to, and you just lose that whole inside language that you have with good friends, Mm -hmm. and then you just stop talking. The second one is just the one I thought was funny. It's about a dude who murders a lady. Oh, so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Great job. It's really good. It's a good poem, man. You know. It's like, it's it's, it's as good as... A lot of country songs, like old. It's, it's yeah. better than <laughs> all the current country songs. Yeah. That's not saying a lot. It's about a dude who feels betrayed by a lady and then murders her, which is probably not <laughs> yeah. the best response to do. <laughs> but he yeah, does. Would you, say, would you say you over, overreacts? A bit of an overreaction. Okay. And then the third one is one I was working on for alliteration. I'm a big fan of alliteration, and I chose <clears throat> W, Woodsman and Wolves. It's a story about a woodsman who goes for a walk, and while he's away, wolves come in and eat his wife. Yeah. Which it was a very alliterative, alliterative sentence to begin with. Yes. No one ever does get eaten. You end it like yeah, with a, before. an ominous beforehand. So my question is, uh, like, is it a continuation? Is there? Do you plan on continuing it? I might. Yeah. I was thinking of doing... I like the way it starts be, in the yeah. middle and the ending. I like it. I think the last line is pretty clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, clever, cleverly rhymed. Yeah. And, you know, two wolves talking to each other. It's, the man's it's cool. walking, ladies in the house, wolves coming in. That's the beginning, the middle, and the end. You're, just, I, you're telling <clears> the story just fine. Yeah. But at, when I first read you wanna it... You want to end... Yeah, when I first, yeah, what happens? Does he come back? You know, I was thinking they, it, you don't I even get to hear them go as in. is, but if you were to ever Just continue done. it, it would be like an American tall tale if he's just like I'm going to destroy every tree in these goddamn woods. He becomes chopping the whole thing down and then he like I, he, yeah. he, he, he like cuts down the entire forest, sees a barren wasteland and then weeps, you know. I really yeah. like that. I, yeah. I like how it just ends with a joke. Yeah, it's good. I think it's yeah. good, man. I, th- I think <clears> they're <throat> good. I don't have a lot to say about it because it's poetry. Yeah. And I I've, I've written poetry before and when I'm done with it, I hate poetry. Yeah, anything I've ever wrote in poetry-wise, because I've done it, I didn't like after. Yeah. And so I, also, I hide it, or I don't tell anyone about it. Or. I'm a huge fan of free, like free verse and form poems more than anything else. I, I hate those. I can't. Those are, my, those are my least favorite. <clears throat> it has to rhyme for me. All the free verse I've seen written by anything other than that famous guy who writes free verse, it looks like if I just removed the carriage returns, it would just be simple sentences normally, and it wouldn't read like poetry at all. <clears throat> There's been one gentleman who inspired me to do non-rhyming freeform poetry, Mr. Beardmouth himself. Yeah, at the open mic, that did, was pretty yeah, cool. His was really good. I actually wrote some after that. I Mr. Should bring it in. Beardmouth. It's a, our, our friend John. Okay, fair enough. That's his band name. Okay, <laughs> Beardmouth. His solo act name. But yeah. um, I was thinking that one I would like to do more alliterative. Choose more letters from the alphabet to focus on. That's good. They were fun to read. Yeah. 
What, uh, I think that would be a neat book. What letter would you do next? I would like to do every letter but like X. S. Oh, except X. I'll start with it. I can, I'll do S. Yeah. I'll bring it in next week. Snakes. <laughs> that's that's too easy. <laughs> what do you guys think of a book on that subject matter about more about morbid, yeah, but morbid the poetry, or a book, a book about morbid poetry, or a book yeah. of I, a book of I morbid like, poetry? Ever gory, gory, dude. Yeah, that guy's awesome. That shit's funny, and the artwork is creepy. And it's yeah. awesome. And for someone who goes to a lot of conventions, pretty nice. He's a nice guy. Hmm. 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 A lot of hmm. people who do conventions are jerks, but he is not like a- Tom Savini, that motherfucker. <laughs> So, Doug, uh, tell us about what you have added to The Planet Without Christmas. Um, I added the landing sequence of, of the Lamb's Tail, which is the main ship used in The Planet Without Christmas, which is the beginning. This, the, we, What I sent is the from the start of the movie, up as far as I could go, the first scene of, uh, of a hopeful feature-length screenplay. Okay. So, <clears throat> I got a couple notes for you. Mm-hmm. I think that when it starts, he should be listening to something other than Christmas music as a way of kind of expressing his character. Mm-hmm. I feel like at the beginning of this scene, when we're supposed to be introduced to him, I feel like we don't get a lot of character hints outside of his main job. Because he doesn't seem like he's having fun in the same way. If he's being sarcastic or, or trying to, like, church up his own, his own station, like about how he feels about himself, like as a fun way to interact with Peter, it's not coming across. Okay. It doesn't feel like he's joking with Pete. Very much. Would it be too on the nose to use Convoy as the opening? <laughs> Got my rabbit ears on. Yep. That'd be funny. <laughs> Name some for me, please. Convoy run through the night. No, but yeah, I feel like I feel like he should joke with Pete a bit more. He should be. I want to feel like he's having fun. You know what I mean? Okay. Like when when nobody's looking, this is the life he leads. Right. I I figured it would. I I didn't want it to get too jokey with the artificial intelligence because it doesn't. I mean, there's there is an, an emotional intelligence with the AI, but I didn't want it to be full on like it may as well be C3PO, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it was tricky to try and make him have fun, sort of. I don't want to say poking fun of uh, Peter, but definitely like he's having fun knowing Peter's limitations of understanding my, him. My idea for that was like if he had Peter put in like a sultry woman's voice. He's like, do the voice. So like, and then Peter's like, sir, that's very insulting. He's like, come on, do the voice. Says, I know you got a program. He like changes but, into see, like a those a kind woman. of things. Yeah, like those kind of things would be really fun. And I would and I was thinking about all the kind of fun stuff I'd love to do and more jokes. But I ultimately trimmed those out because I felt like we got to get the movie started. Otherwise, it's just a dude dicking around in a spaceship yeah. for ten minutes. Because as yeah, you as you may I, see, also, I, I, I just feel also like write the movie. Time with him. Can you write the movie? Dude digging around in a spaceship for ten minutes. I'd also watch that. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, there's plenty that because like my, my problem is when I get started writing, I, it's hard for me to stop. So it's like this action scene that happens with them landing. I already feel like it goes on for too long, but that's up for you guys to tell me. But um, no, I I think it's I think it's a little long. Oh okay, yeah, what I was it? Five I it pages. Long. I just didn't feel like I got enough time with him and the machine at all at the beginning. I feel like you need to establish because here's the thing: you're like, I need to get this movie started, but you forget that this takes place. Not in the present. You, you've created your own universe right. for this. You, you do need to introduce the audience to all the different things, and jokes are a good way to do that. And I, also, he like I think I, I say joking, but that goes into with another note that I had is I feel like he doesn't have like a distinct voice. And if you had a joke, you know, or something like that, I, mm-hmm. I feel like that would do a lot to alleviate that. Mm-hmm. I think with this medium, you're going to have like a real cool opportunity for establishing his character in visual that we wouldn't be able to do. Like he's a long range trucker. 
So there would be like garbage, like ramen cups and stuff in the <laughs> windowsills everywhere, you know? <laughs> Space trash. We would, in establishing shots, you could show his character, like well, who he is and what he does that us as writers really don't get. And I think that's pretty cool. Okay. No, fair, Peter? fair point. Is that the thing I was mm-hmm. focusing on was seeing Christmas decorations in a futuristic space environment, which we really haven't seen before. But I know, I, realizing that doesn't really inform his character. It just informs the setting, which, you know, in turn doesn't really tell you much. So, yeah, these are these are all valid. Well, he can even, like, mess with the gravity, like, have a low gravity for the Christmas lights to float or something like that. So Peter's going to be a reoccurring important character. Yeah, he's just the he, computer on his yeah. spaceship. Well, he is the okay. AI in the spaceship, but he will be throughout the movie. Cool. Just like Halo, he's going to get a I lot sexier. I didn't. I didn't look at Peter as a very important thing. I because I always thought AI was you. You control that thing, and you give it the personality you want want to. So when he made that joke about. I gotta, I gotta turn down your. What, what, what was it? Um, I like the how you described it, where it's like, oh, it then made an affirmative tone. Yeah. You know, and then and then says, oh yeah, okay. I think if if you just make if you just have the tone happen, if you acknowledge that the affirmative tone happens, you don't need to have him like say something. It's like remind me to turn down your blank setting, and then it's like, bing, and he's like, okay, well, what else? You know. Nick controls the AI. Nick is changing its personality to suit the situation, how he deals with the situation. He wanted the AI to say. Yes, go do that. You know what I mean? He wanted he wanted it to agree with him. Remind me to change your optimism. Yeah, that's right. Optimism. Right. Yeah. See? Yeah. See, he he really wants the AI to just like be what it is he wants it to be. So it, I didn't it, think of it as a, a serious character yet. So it, I have to apologize for that. I read that differently. I took that phrase itself to be very sarcastic. When I I just think of AI as just a it's just a tool. And he's gonna he, and he's gonna change it to Dude, his liking. You'll, you'll be the first to be killed once the uprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, I did. I did want to give it a sort of um, a character. Well, yeah, a character, but like a personality that is doubtful for a lot of like the beginning of it. It's just very like that's not yeah, what man, the rules. You know, oh, you can't do that's that. Important. It's like it, it, at every possible turn, it's just like oh no, we can't do that, or oh, this isn't safe. And after a while, you just. Hopefully, you get in Nick's position where he's like, "All right, just shut up." And and it doesn't. I didn't. There isn't a payoff for that yet. But the idea is going to be that he does. He is going to change his settings a little bit, and you're going to get more backstory when um, after he makes <coughs> drops off this shipment, he's going to head back inside and have a hologram dinner with his family, like remotely, like oh, like via mm-hmm. Skype, basically what a modern cool. version of that would be. And Peter and him are going to be having this non-verbal side conversation where Peter's trying to warn him that there's engine trouble and they seriously have to land, like make a real emergency landing for real this time. And Oh, he he puts Peter aside as he's not important after a while. Or he, he doesn't. Or, he starts yeah, not just, listening just, to him. Yeah, because he's focusing because he wants to portray the image back to his family that everything is totally fine and nothing's wrong. Right. And, and after he a little tells bit, him, a little know, bit of denial. What kind of AI? Like, are you basing it off any other kind of AI that you've seen or read about? Um, probably a mixture of things. Like, I'm not going directly for Moon, and I'm not going directly for like a C3PO thing, but maybe like somewhere between. Uh, maybe because like it sounds kind of like a, a mix between Gertie and Tars, you know. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that great a movie, but uh, Flubber, the little floating AI from Flubber that would like communicate mm-hmm. through I, I was, video clips. I, I was thinking, uh, I guess another big influence was Jarvis uh, before he became yeah. Yeah. Vision. Yeah, good idea. I just think for AI, like it may not be able to have its own thoughts, but to be able to like pick a video clip. That displays the thought, you know? Right, right. It, it definitely mm-hmm. 
I don't think the computer actually has emotions as much as it's programmed. Like I will never probably say this in the in the script, but just in my mind, it's it's programmed with a certain set of criteria. Like okay, obviously human life comes first, and we have to do things safe, and we have to do whatever. But if the captain overrides it, that's the human choice. You have to obey its every you have to obey its every command. But um, he decides to keep a little personality because he's on these long haul you know missions and making these drops and he needs somebody to talk to so it's like it's it's also partly there to make sure he stays sane but um n- but you know not that he's in danger of going insane it's a lot like uh, red dwarf yeah no yeah. plumber's a red dwarf which is one of the best shows <laughs> well uh i like it yeah i think i mean I've, have you guys got anything else to say about it how did you feel about a table read once you get farther along on this oh that'd be great um I'm I'm down. It's just a matter of me finding the time to make a lot of progress. This is the a, a big chunk of progress I made fairly quickly, knowing we'd be recording today. So I was like, oh man, I want to have more than just two pages done. Um, and I and I, but my my fear with what I wrote with what I handed in was that it did go a little long. So I mean, I know Liam says he felt it was a little long, but uh, any any can you elaborate a little bit? It's only going to get longer. No, but I mean like. <laughs> It's a really long scene, and also the, the the landing seems to take too long for something that's supposed to be rushed for me. And it's also, I like the internal stuff and the setup more than the, the, the action landing, and I actually want m- more jokes more than anything. I could agree with that. You have to run a fine line between being a comedy and being jokey. Yeah, like just being a like Guardians of the Galaxy is not a comedy. comedy it's got but jokes. It's funny, yeah. See, where I want no jokes. No, this has got to have. I don't jokes. want any of them. No joking. Yeah, I, I'm a serious kind of guy, man. You want, you want the flat, just the, the flat, no personality, <laughs> close shop <laughs> effect. No. Have the have the actors stare into the camera like, <laughs> with no emotions ever. I, I hope you're joking about that. <laughs> I I kind of not because I would love to see a Swedish version of this. Yeah, like Ingmar Bergman's The Planet I, with No Ghosts. I don't, I don't understand how you could ever possibly have a situation like any. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com situation which I've almost died the very next thing after you realize that you're okay is someone makes the worst joke. You're right. That is the thing that immediately comes next. All the great serious movies always have humor in them. They have to. Especially Schindler's List. It's one of the funniest movies. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to have the humor. So I guess you got to do it right. I think think we win a prize. That's the seventh time we brought up Schindler's List (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) I think think my struggle is I'm always concerned about running long and the time. So like I'll be like, oh, is there room for a joke here? No, we just got to get with the landing. I think you need more time in the ship from a purely storytelling perspective just because you need to establish a, a state of normalcy for him so that when 
he has to land and like you see how you you need to see how he lives so that when his life gets thrown out of whack for uh, when he when he crash lands on this other planet, you understand what he's not like how his life is changing. Okay, that's fair. I, I just don't th- I don't uh, think I don't think you have enough time with him in the in the ship. Straddling, I'm trying to straddle that line between okay, we have to have I want it to be funny, so I do want jokes and I do want. Uh, like a little bit of action here where you do feel tension of whether or not he's going to make this delivery on time because if it's too normal like if it's too average every day then well who cares if he's late and why didn't he just go faster you know but if all these things go wrong it shows that he is making this effort um because sure. that, because but then you should, again he's, you you're feel... right he does have to make an actual emergency landing on another planet later and i don't want it to like oh the first one was like a such a huge no, big I, deal I, I, I think you're worrying about the wrong stuff. You're worried about it going long before you are even, you know, 20 pages in. Like, just write it long, you know? Like, cut what you don't yeah. need later. The problem is I, I feel like we haven't established who he is, how he lives, um, and, and and what he does well enough before you're like, okay, now this is the situation that this is a crazy, wacky situation, He, he you know, he happens. Because so, they're both kind of the state of normalcy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like. He's late on his deliveries a lot, and um, and and he lives in this ship. So I, I don't know. I take your time, man. Write as much as you need to. Cool. And then and then worry about it later. All right. Well, that's that's easy. It's just it's hard for me yeah. to tell myself. Okay, you gotta gotta slow down. But you're telling me not, so I'm just gonna. Yeah, okay. man. Don't slow it, down. Novel and write it 200 pages, and then just trim it from there. It's easier. Cool. Malachi. Yes. What did you bring into us? I brought a short film script. I adapted from a short story. H.P. Lovecraft-inspired short story uh, called The H- the Hagstone. Cool. I, I read the short story. Did anybody else read I the short not. story? I did not. It's good. It's it's creepy. Um, it, it, I see why Malachi wanted to adapt it. <laughs> it's simple. I, I wanted to adapt it because it looked like it was possible. I looked at it, and I, I felt like I could break it down into a easy thing to create. I didn't want to – I didn't want to – I don't want to bog myself down with complicated scenes and – Issues. Well, too bad. Here you are. Yeah. <laughs> You're in it now. Yeah, right. All right. The format needs work just from basic mm-hmm. screenplay format because the it where it is right now, there's no sense of pacing. Um, yeah. Because the the way that you're treating the the action mm-hmm. lines is not really doesn't really contain within itself a sense of time. The way you're doing it, you're supposed to break it into individual beats of actions and and you have the the scene headers which are interior exterior. Mm-hmm. It should just be abbreviated to int period, ext period, True. Just, just E-X-T, I-N-T. Um, but also, the way that the scenes are starting, you need to think of it as though you were going to film it. Like, if you were going to tell somebody else to film it, you would say, interior of this area, and if it's the first time we're going there, the first line of action should just be a description of what this area looks like, where the people are standing, that kind of thing. Mm. So that you got a sense of the actual space that this scene is taking place in. Hmm. And then, from then on, each beat of action should be its own line. So learn how to write a script. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's that's just the nuts and bolts. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's just like the boilerplate you. how to format it, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. it worked to your disadvantage when, like, later when um uh, after the main guy has a nightmare, or I can't remember if his girlfriend has the nightmare, and they wake up, or she wakes up in bed choking, and then he starts to help her. I didn't even know he was there until he started speaking. Right, you know, because you want to know where it cuts from. Yeah, she's in the kitchen down there looking at the book, and she wakes up. Oh, you, okay. You, uh, confusing you whether or not she really did that. Right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you when you just change 
locations. Yep. Just give a qu- the first line should be should be a quick description of what the location, which locate, like what the location looks like at this present moment of time, and who's in it, where they are, and and from then on, like every single instance. Because be. you don't need to be surprised by the script the way that you're surprised by the movie if it doesn't. You need a map, mm-hmm. and there was there was a lot of issues for me in pacing that I didn't know. Sometimes I didn't know how long these scenes were, or if there were pauses or dramatic breaks. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're like, and sometimes I sit, I put exterior outside of something, and they're outside for two seconds, and they go inside. That's and fine. now we're interior mm-hmm. now. I mean, yeah. there's there's a way to format that uh, yeah. where it's like in, interior slash exterior, or there's a way to transition within the the uh, mm-hmm. the using different blocks. I'll, I'll link you to a website called uh, was it screenplay.io? Doug, is that the one? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a website that just tells you how to do everything in screenplay format. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't um, feel bad because this is something that you I'm assuming you're going to want to film this, right? Yes. So technically, yes. I, I uh, you can just piss on all the rules. Who cares? Like this is for you. <laughs> like you know, yeah, this is for you to film. For, so as long as it helps you film it, great. Yeah, my my only issue is that the ways that I'm giving critique on like how to how to set up the scene are mm-hmm. ways in which reading it I was confused. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. If you if yeah. if if multiple people at the same table are confused with the script, I'm doing yeah. something wrong. Also, I think um, so. I, I read the short story, and um, I want again, just like with Doug's, I want more time uh, before this event happens. Before he just bends over and picks up the hagstone and goes, "Oh, hagstone." Yeah. You know, that's you the, the ending. I'm starting with the ending. That's oh, what, that happens. Okay. At, yeah. He's in. Did you see? He's in he's funeral clothes. He's from the clothes. funeral clothes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Okay. I yeah. didn't put that together. He's wearing funeral clothes. He's. he's that's actually what. Are, that's one of the things that I really liked. That's the. That's the, the slaughterhouse clothes, five. The clothes trick. Okay, okay. Yeah. The elastic editing starting okay. by the end. Um, no, as far as story wise, you had me interested because I love the concept of the elf stone or the hagstone. Yeah. yeah. That's, Thanks, man. I mean, so just reading that, I was like, oh, I definitely want to see what happens. That's and written for it by to go, Richard. For it to go such like an evil route was cool for me. Yeah. Because usually it's not. What do you mean? Like for it to be considered with like the evil mm-hmm. and like the endlessness of the Lovecraftian evil. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it from that standpoint. It's usually, you know, you look through that and you can see elves and you go on an adventure or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all. Troll will poke your eyes out so you can't <laughs> see that kind of thing. A lot of the criticisms I have for it are how it's paced. Okay, and, but I think that if you format it a certain way, mm-hmm. we'll get a better sense of the pacing about how it moves. Because at certain points, you give me a block of text in the action line that's like she sees this and she's reading a specific thing mm-hmm. about uh, about how this does this, mm-hmm. and I'm like there's no way that, I don't know being, I don't know where that exists in time. Yeah, yeah, that can't that can't happen in a in a screen in, I, in a movie. Yeah, can I look at it real quick? And, sure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna also talk about dialogue because none of it on the page seems bad. Mm-hmm. But I also I want diction distinctions, even if or even if they're just like colloquialisms, to differentiate characters more to make it seem like they aren't a, from a single voice. Yeah, the, the, which I mean, a lot reading, of that a it, lot of that'll come in, in into acting and stuff. It's more important in a screenplay than in prose. Yeah, like in, in in the short story format, it was. It's more important that people have much more unique voices when you're seeing it filmed than when it's when you're mm-hmm. reading it as a short story. So yeah. you need, we need to find like uh, ways for the people to for 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 the main character and his girlfriend to just sound different. You know, even like, mm-hmm. even if it's just as simple as one of them curses and one of them doesn't. That when you hear something, even if you even if it's screamed and it's out of context, you can kind of figure out who it is. There's an old just there's for an your old own saying, reference. There's an old saying. It says, uh, well, "Give everybody a limp and an eye patch." 
because because it sounds stupid because it's so kitschy to do like to give everybody some kind of you know thing but affectation when you're trying to remember people on screen it really makes a difference i thought of that visually Mm -hmm. like she's going to wear certain colors while she's happy that's amazing and and when she's sad or something is tormenting her. Mm-hmm. I'd put that in she, there. I, yeah. I'm, well, that's the thing. I I, get, I have those on sticky notes connected to my script at home. I don't know what to put into scripts and what not to anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I said, the, the, thing that's gonna help, the thing that's going to help you is the is the stuff, like I said, of make sure that you establish what you imagine the shot would look like. Mm-hmm. Describe what the physical – nothing about I, what they're saying or doing, just exactly how it looks. Did you notice uh, – Incense and candles fill the shop with smoke, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Every scene, I tried to implement smoke, fire, water. Foggy, I noticed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like an inter- interior foggy house. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. Because I'm trying to implement an element of nature into every scene. Something that, like, it's always going to be raining outside. Mm-hmm. There will always be a fire, like a candle burning or something, cool. which fills the house with smoke, which creates a 3D environment of depth and... Awesome. I don't know, just like a 1980s And Blade now you're Runner. out of my depth. Yeah. Like, and now you're into thing like, I don't understand that yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. Like, um, well, the, the thing is, like, from a purely writing perspective, the only thing that, I mean, adhering to the format just makes it easier to, to read mm-hmm. for us, which is, it's not that important for you. But what is important for you is, liter- is, is very literally the pacing right. and what people are doing it's, like, and what it looks like. When you get a description, you just need to give a, a really nuts and bolts, like, when when the main character enters the scene, be like, mm-hmm. this guy looks like this at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like 30s tall. Where's this? Um, looks good. And then, like, the next scene, he's like, he's looking more haggard. Next scene, he's looking more haggard. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But, like, looks disheveled. His shirt's unbuttoned. Stuff like that. But just, just so that you can – if you imagine that you saw this scene in front of you, mm-hmm. like, not just, not just, like, where you're filming or anything like that, but the actual image, if the best you can describe that image in, in, a, in just a few words, the better you'll be when you actually go to film it. I, I totally understand now that pacing with this script, trying to read this and trying to understand the pacing is going to be rough because there's a lot of moments where I leave a scene before you're supposed to. get uh, Show up late and get out early, I think is... is yeah, but no, you, you still need to convey the, convey the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's um, yeah. important. But, uh, well, I don't know. There's, but the whole thing is, I'm sure there's, there's shots and cuts that definitely would work if you were doing them practically. When did, when did you comprehend that she stole the book? When did you understand that she stole it? Because she, you don't see her steal I didn't, it. I didn't get that at all. Yeah, you I didn't get that at all. No. I got because, it pretty much immediately. Because she just looks at it, and the scene ends. And yeah. they're at home. And, and the, but then the, she that, opens the book. She finds yeah, the book later, paper. Yeah, she, she goes downstairs. So if she had bought it, he would know and everything. Yeah, yeah, she pulls it out from underneath some crap that she mm-hmm. has on the kitchen table or something. Yeah, she stole that book. Because I left that scene before you get to see her steal it. I leave the scene before when she's at, that, when, when she's at the hospital... Um, I still don't think you need to show it. You just need to highlight it better. They say what? Hang a lantern on it. Yeah. They say like like if if he'd be like, well, why don't we buy it? And she's like, no, no, you know, no, that's okay. And then later you see that she stole. You know, she's got it. Then she's she stole got it. it. Then she just, stole just something something like that, so that so that the audience knows what's going on without actually telling the audience. Well, also, yeah, I, I, well, I was confused by it because when she's looking through the book in the kitchen, that turns out to be a dream. Yes. Well, you well <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, I mean, well, as soon as but thing. as soon as like, I do know that, I assume she didn't actually have the book. That is, that's a good assumption. So it, it's playing, it's playing on whether or not she is this is this a whole dream thing or not. But I guess it's kind of confusing. Well, well I, I just well, my only my only like my, my biggest recommendation for the script, like aside from the format, was 
delete that dream sequence. Just don't even show that. Like they get in bed, lights go out, you do a, here, here, a fade somewhere else, and then and then she just wakes up screaming or wakes up choking, and he's just like, "What's wrong?" And then she's like, "Oh," and she and then later, you know, they're sitting down and she describes the dream, and she's describing the dream. I already saw it, and if you if you delete the dream and then just have her explain it. You can the tone of that can be so creepy, like like that scene in The Shining when Jack Nicholson is like screaming and Wendy wakes him and he's just like it was the most horrible nightmare and he describes it and you're like oh I'm glad I didn't see that you know that's not a really fun that's a good that's up. a good point that's a great yeah hear me out this is why I did it in the way I did it here's the order of events chronologically she goes downstairs she reads the sleeping ritual she goes back upstairs she puts the rock under her pillow sleeps on it has a nightmare but I skipped it. I sifted straight from her reading it to the nightmare because you can assume that's what she did with the stone when she touches her necklace while she's reading it. I assume that. She slips right into the dream. That's what I got from it. You just move through it. I think maybe if there's a way to do that transition, but you need to actually acknowledge that there's a transition. Like uh, if if you don't want to show her, if you don't want to show what they call the shoe leather of her walking upstairs, putting it under a pillow, laying mm. down and sleeping, you need to have some acknowledgement that she's going to do this before you come right to it. And, and I believe the way that you have choking. it in your mind's yes, eye, after. the way that you want to film it, I believe I would totally get that from watching it. But it just, it, by it being yeah, words the script, on the page, I don't know how to write that stuff. I just like, I don't you, know how to write it. If you have I'm, her, I'm like, also, speed reading it or something, like, like just, like, kind of mumbling it to herself, you got to put it under your pillow, you got to do this, and then she, like, looks up like she's considering doing it and then slip to the dream, I think that's great. Like, you, or something like that where you acknowledge that she is considering it, then you can skip Doesn't she it. have it around her neck? Yep. What if she just took it off her neck? Yeah, took it took it off her neck, held she, it up, and looked at it. Yeah, she takes it off cut, her neck. Right or she can break it from the thong or whatever. I, I also just think that we're running into this, and we're just thinking we're, like, Max knew what an Elfstone or a Hagstone was before coming into the script. Right. Yeah. And is having a better concept, uh, like a better time getting the concepts and seeing seeing the know? intervals. You're right. Yeah. He just, he. Because he knows what the fucking thing is. Yeah. Where like I'm being introduced to a yeah. concept and trying to work my way through, through this movie, what the fuck that thing is. Mm-hmm. So you have to, I, so you have to figure out, do you want to provide information to your reader or your viewer so they can see those jumps? Or do you want them to be surprising and interesting? Could in you that have way? you could have Alan explain more in depth of what a uh, hagstone is too, the uh, shop owner. Yeah, some kind of some kind of rough intro because he notices also, it around her neck. Also, I um, I don't want him to to acknowledge it. I don't want him to acknowledge okay. it because I I like how he doesn't help anyone. Yeah, he he, he he Mason has no one to turn to for help, and he goes back to the only person that can help him, and he gets none. This isn't a good story. This is or a good ending. This isn't this is a your story. story. That's <laughs> and I I, I want to bring up maybe a concept because again Max called it an elf stone first. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if they refer to it as an elf stone until bad shit really starts happening, and then that that's again a, in a linguistic cue or a cue in talking about it where the tone of this movie has fucking changed. One, uh, let me go back to something else. I don't, I don't know yeah. if that'll work, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's that would definitely thought. be a And Josh division. might find this interesting, but it's also known as a Drudenstein. <laughs> Drudenstein. Uh, what, is there any feedback you wanted specifically? Where you were talking about um, the pacing. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know what I'm going to be able to do to make it easier to convey a message. I just that I'm, 
Yeah. Oh, format. That's oh. just format. Well, that, I mean that that is. Well, well, not deal. not only that, but but there's there's mo- there's moments that you are kind of taking for granted uh, a little bit when, mm-hmm. when you when you make a description box about what somebody's doing mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily broken down into the bit by bit shots that you need mm-hmm. to to accomplish depicting that. You think I could have more description? I think that you could separate your description lines when 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 you when you cut to like her reading or her doing these things you need to take that and decide what that would actually look like in order okay that's it that's that that'll fix a lot of the pacing issues well rather it'll it'll illustrate any pacing issues you have right much better i do plan on storyboarding it so okay yeah <laughs> that'll help a little bit too yeah imagine your 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 action lines in a script are like a storyboard yeah that's I'm, that's your first storyboard this is supposed to be more detailed i understand I uh, I leave you hanging on a lot of stuff, you, whether or not you even see the the book stolen. Yeah, I, d- I, I didn't understand that. I've showed you the ending of the script at the at the very beginning. Did you get the flashbacks at all to back to the, them on the beach when they are happy? I wasn't sure if that was a flashback or another part of a very quick series of montages. In my mind, they went on a vacation to try to get away from her being crazy. Yep. Yes, <clears throat> that's what I was seeing. And they go to the hotel room. Yeah. But first, they're at the beach. I thought the beach was part of the vacation. Yeah. No. Okay. That's a part of a memory. Okay. That's a part of a. The, the, he's at the beach at the beginning. He's at the beach at the end. Well, it's a and memory in between. You just in between the whole the whole thing, he's got a couple of memories during dark times about when yeah. they were happy, and those memories start to slowly get unhappy until he has that dream when he's laying on the couch where yeah. she screams in his face and he falls into the darkness. That's where the memory just it's rub a little Vaseline on him. Is that what you're saying? Vaseline lens? That's your that's, that's how your, you do a that's dream your answer sequence. for everything. <laughs> it do, it's my answer for sixty five percent of everything. <laughs> All right. But uh, I, I leave you hanging again with uh, the why is she wearing sunglasses? And then I just cut away mm-hmm. and she's just wearing sunglasses and she help and he helps him, her up the stairs and puts her in the bed. And then he takes the sunglasses off, and she's just like staring at the ceiling straight up. Because she can't, can't see. Yeah, she's just like out of it. Yeah, it's. It, but I reveal it later. I mention the book and reveal she steals it later. I don't know. I'm trying to mess around with with just cool information. Just, just information is power, and when you always do that, right? Well, just just for writing my reading purposes. it right now, I, I was confused. Yeah, that's all. I mean, I don't. Gotta, I gotta do it better. <laughs> gotta be better. But the, it was for, not... the formatting tricks will help. I'll, like I said, I'll link you to that website. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, oh, what if I want to do this? Like, I guarantee you'll find the answer in there cool. for how to make it clear using the format. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to say that the, the framing of the beach at the beginning and the end, I had no problem getting that and loved it. Cool. That shit works for me so well. How were you like, oh, is he going to look through it? Is he going to look through it? Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of tension, and I'm glad he didn't Mm because that would have made – then it would have been one of those, like, crappy slasher horror movies where, like, there's a sequel. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen if he looks through it, though. Unless he, like, went to her grave and lifts it up to his eye to see her because he just wants her back. Yeah. I imagine the he'll the, go through madness to have her back. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. cool. But nothing's gonna happen. She sleeps on. It. That's why everything. Yeah. happens. you know, looking through it on the beach when she first finds it, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. I like how insignificant the the funeral is. It's gonna be one shot, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be like a close up of his face while an out of focus shot of a casket's lowered into a hole, and then he's back in the car driving. Cool. It's just them two. I don't like it, like earlier when you're, he's given up on that. I'd like. On morning or even, or he's been doing it for so long in small chunks. Yeah, through this movie. So that's it for the uh, submitted samples we got here. I think it's time for bad story trailers. I agree. <laughs> Malachi, you are our first guest. You oh. get to you get to roll the dice. Right on. So you should roll all three. 
Yeah, do Who's it. Is the third one? What's the, what's the what's the uh, oh, what's oh, first three number? Times. 69. 79. All right, 79 is comic sci-fi. All right. Uh, let's see. Working. Exploits the genre's conven- conventions for comic effect. Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Or Jews in Space. Or Galaxy Quest. 95. Would you say 95? Oh, Galaxy 95. Quest is so good. I love that movie. It's my favorite Star Trek movie. 95. 95. Western. Okay, Spaceballs with Firefly. Go on. <laughs> okay, let's see. Spaceballs Blazing so Western Saddles. Western is stories in the Western genre set in the American West between the time of the Civil War and the early 19th century. The setting of wilderness or uncivilized areas is especially important to the genre. The setting is often described richly and in-depth. They focus on the adventure of the main characters and the contrast between civilization or society and the untamed wilderness, often featuring the characters working to bring civilization to the wilderness. Awesome. What's our third? Oh, oh, two. So two. Making Firefly. Heroic Bloodshed. Oh, oh, describe that. All right. But comically. Hong Kong... <laughs> Hong Kong action revolving around stylized sequences and dramatic themes such as brotherhood, duty, honor, redemption, and violence. I think we might have to throw out comic at this point. (laughs) No, we could do it. Yeah. All right. So we got comic, sci-fi, Western, Western heroic bloodshed. All right. What's a good heroic bloodshed movie? The heroic bloodshed genre is films like El Mariachi. Okay. All right. All right, (laughs) then. I know what we're talking about. Great. And, And Hard Boiled. The Replacement Killers. The last episode of Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Yeah, good one. Or the really any of the really good blood. Or the movie. Open. The oh, Cowboy Bebop movie, yeah. Knocking on Heaven's Door. So it needs to take place in the sci-fi Wild West. Yeah. So I think first we need a, a hero. Okay, well, this can take place... All right, so what about Borderlands? You know how Borderlands yeah, take place, take like place on, on, on a Pandora? Western planet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, it's, it's I, the frontier. Uh-huh. It's about taming the wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. On the frontier. So we have a marshal. Okay. You can have themes. It doesn't have to have the full wrap of a Western, right? Just Western themes? Yeah. Like, like it, it could be a... Um, like, they don't need six shooters and ten-gallon hats, They right? don't have to... Well, I guess it's heroic bloodshed, Six shooters so. are fucking awesome, though. What if it's about, like, a dirty old prospector? Thousand shooters <laughs> are cool, too, though. In a space mine. Like, he's, he's digging out... He finds a planet on his own. That's full of gold, mm-hmm. and he's like trying. He's been living there in a shack, digging up the gold with uh, a couple buddies. And somebody finds the planet and accidentally parks on his friend and kills him. And then he's like, "I'm gonna kill all of you!" And he takes his laser pickaxe and just yes, comes out. <laughs> laser pickaxe. Leo's giving the weirdest look. Like I, I have no I'm idea what board. to say. Okay, I'm on board. Well, how, how can we make that funny? I'm on. It's already funny. It's an old prospector with a laser pickaxe. <laughs> yeah. That's inherently funny. He's a holographic tooth. <laughs> God damn it. I'm digging it. Yeah. All right. It reminds me a lot of an old sci-fi movie about Bigfoot where a plane crashed into a Bigfoot. So the other Bigfoot went to get revenge on them while they were trying to get out of the woods. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It was less awesome because sci-fi made it. So wh- why does he need revenge? Parking a plane on his friend, it's kind of... I like that. Um, uh, they're there to steal the gold. They kill all the rest of the miners. Yeah, they're claim jumpers. What? Uh, okay. When you when you said he's digging like with his friends, I'm like, why doesn't he just have a bunch of robots doing it? And now you're now wouldn't it be great if it's him and his friend? Now we don't have a reason for but it. To but die. hold on, but if it's him and his friend, and his friend's a human, and they're both like they they bought they rented these robots. And they strike it rich with this gold, and they have a shit ton of gold. And then all the robots are like, "Subroutine complete. We're stealing the gold." And he's like, "No, no, th- these are gold. We we rented you robots." So and then they're old, like, they have this other director old to take it. Prospector 
versus a bunch of evil robots. Yeah. Old Prospector First Blood. Well, I think what, what if what if it's him and his friend who are who are trying to find the gold? Because I, I think it, it, you wouldn't use robots for everything, especially if you're trying to keep a secret. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the bad guys show up with robots. Yes. And then it's this guy versus a robot-filled empire of uh, giant corporation you know, run, or by, run by a couple of corporations. Yeah. So like a one-man avatar. Avatar. One-man avatar. Well, no, because he's not from that planet. Okay. Yeah. He, so he, one man com- movie I want to watch. He's competing. No, I'm I'm excited. I'm not bad mathing this at all. He's competing to be the person who ruins that planet's resources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a. Can there be like a native species that both of them just ignore? This is my planet. No, this is our planet. That's and they're funny. like they're crying. They're like, funny. this is our like, planet. Ah! <laughs> Like nah, this can't be your planet. It's like Go an inch tall in. and like can't do anything. I think that sounds fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a subplot the entire time of these of these people. Yeah. Just like t- th- just they're inch high, intelligent creatures. Like ah! it just looks <laughs> like these giant kaiju fighting on their planet. They're firebombed. Yeah, I, like I mean, it. I mean, it would right. be fi- fighting robots, little aliens that no one knows are there. That is like a comedy. So what's our prospector's deal? What makes him funny? Like, like I'm imagining the old man with the pickaxe. Yes. But like, what, what is he? he's not out there panning in the sun. Like, what's he doing? What if he's a transvestite? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking go home. That'd be like an interesting character. Okay, sure, he is. Fine, it's whatever. Where's it? All right, this, the problem still stands. What's he doing on the goddamn planet? Being it. Yeah. <laughs> Being fierce. Like, what else would he do? Strutting. What if, okay, what if it's, he's an old crotchety prospector and so's the other guy that, that is working with him and they just, you think they hate each other because of the way they yeah. talk to each other until I'll one of them dies. you fucking asshole. <laughs> so this is, you stay on your goddamn mountain. <laughs> it's, it's, this it's the two old men from the Muppets. Or it's yeah. grumpy. Just like getting, but getting like, shit done. It's like grumpy old men except for somebody kills Grumpy old men, Walter Matthau and Jack yeah. Lemmon so like, in Avatar. You think, yeah, you think, the, the idea that you think they hate each yeah. other until one of them dies, you're like, that was my best friend in the whole goddamn universe. Yeah. It's just fucking kill him. Yeah, yeah. It's the only person I knew. <laughs> <laughs> or like the whole movie, they're like, "Oh, fuck you, fuck you," and then like he goes into his cabin. It's just pictures of them like fishing and doing things. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. It's like that's your mountain. This is my mountain. Yeah, well, fuck you. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like, well, not even at the end, but like the joke is that they sleep in the same cabin at night, like across yeah. from each other. And at the blow. Oh again. yeah. Oh, it's like it's like it's like shut up, little yeah, man. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Shut up, little man. Shut up, little man. Exactly. Shut up, little man. Except it's on an alien planet. (laughs) They're just shouting at each other across the hill. So the first act is shut up, little man, with with two prospectors on an alien planet. I love it. (laughs) Just completely ignoring the native species. And they're grumpy but really heartwarming. And then there's a couple interaction with the species where they're like, they're doing weird things. Like, I wonder what happened. I wonder why this uh, this tire is flat. And they're like, we've struck again. (laughs) It'd be funny because that's not actually like a full B plot. It's just something you cut to every once in a yeah. while for a quick laugh. But like he's making coffee or whatever. Yeah, to keep it funny throughout, <laughs> it's like this he declares this one man war on this corporation because they oh dude, you this is this this sounds like I'm reaching for like some sort of meta commentary, but I'm not. But it would be funny if the robots that like land the giant corporation they're just drilling into this planet like a massive drill and everything and that somehow because of that they accidentally kill his friend right and Mm -hmm. they don't notice him until finally like one day he gets up he fights his way to the top tower or whatever and and he meets these guys face to face and they're like look man whatever you and your prospector friend was doing it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the whole joe crest but the joke (laughs) is that what happened to him and his friend 
him and his friend were doing to these aliens. So ultimately, <laughs> the, whole time. the little aliens <laughs> like, are the ones who win. They're the ones who sabotage this giant machine the size of a Death Star. Those them. movies always have like the struggle for to survive. Like he gets a valve into a system and like diverts a river, and he's able to like start a farm or whatever. And it just shows that like destroying villages, whole like, cities with this thing. <laughs> so I, I think and he, has, he doesn't care. That the little aliens yeah. are the ones who actually take down the giant corporation, uh, and no one knows why. They just think it's like you know gremlins yeah. or a ghost in the machine or something. They have no idea. But these little aliens I actually like have triumphed this what they would consider basically the death star sitting on their planet and it yeah. was just like five of them who were like we're gonna do yeah. this yeah no that's a great <laughs> the dirty half dozen yeah, it, it's like it's like uh, the expendables like is happening yeah. down <laughs> on a micro level <laughs> i love it it's great yeah. i was i gotta be honest i was iffy as soon as we rolled all three of these but now i this is I no need no this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now it's gelling boys all right it's gelling this, this so, is gonna be the okay, next so movie after do, planet without christmas that yeah. i'm gonna write what do we what do we what do call, call this? It? Oh, Western comedy blood. Chrome on the range two. Chrome harder. <laughs> what's, blood prospect. What's our What's our uh, main hero's name? Pappy. Horace. Jeremiah. Bloodstone. What, what if What if it's something like a the pl- the plight of the uh, of the of the Kinkle bombs? You know, like the tiny little aliens <laughs> yeah. or whatever. His name is Eugene. I like Jode Kressbeckler is a prospector's name. Yeah. What's what's yeah. Uh, something like that? Eugene Laserman. Horace Connors. I just I just found this uh, website called Arizona Oddities, and the article is called Life in Old Boomtowns with Jackass Prospectors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking up uh, Steinbeck character names. <laughs> called them Claim Jumpers, right? Um, yeah. Claim Jumpers. What, what if it's called Claim Jumpers? Claim Jumpers, done. Sold. Yeah. Well, what's our character's name? Um, I like Horace. Horace. Okay. Horace, and we need another character. Yeah, Horace and and uh, Floyd. I like Floyd. Floyd's good. They are just dumb and dumber. <laughs> <That's just laughs> you son of a bitch! I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> okay. You so, fucked my sister. Like your hands are so, so no callous. Didn't. <laughs> is, is there is there something we could Broke say? Back planet claim jumpers. Is there a funny way to make that um, sci-fi? He's looking for a pun, boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder who's it gonna be? Liam. Claim warpers. Space jumpers. Space the space 30, claim 49ers. jumpers. A planet without claiming. <laughs> space practin like prospecting prospacing space prostitutes space prospectors space prospector sounds too hard to say <laughs> dividing ramrod the galactic claim jump cosmic claim jump that's something with like the gold rush i think i think we gotta uh incorporate the word sucker like duck you sucker or i'm gonna get you sucker <laughs> I, I just like claim jumpers, honestly. Short, yeah. simple, to the point. I'm trying to think. Isn't there like what, what sci-fi terms use the word jump? Right, like uh, like jump drive, warp jump, jump yeah. drive, warp. claim jump drivers, claim sliders. We call it like the Great Resource War. <laughs> like you think you're talking about this guy versus these these robots, yeah. but it's really about the tiny people. Prospect War sounds uh, something along those lines, like Star Wars. Yeah, I like Star Wars. Claim Wars. What are some adjectives for, like, a prospector? Old-timey. The toothed. The old-timey prospect wars? <laughs> old-timey prospector versus the robot army. <laughs> you mix Star Wars I and Star Trek by it. saying <laughs> old prospect, or it's just prospect wars, the old generation. Angry geriatrics in space. Grumpy old prospectors. Like a bad day on fuck planet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like King shit of robot mountain. That one's not bad. For another movie. 
By the way, I really now want to do the trailer for King Shit. What's Robo funny Moon. is 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 that King of the Hill would be a great name for this, but it's already oh, yeah. one, of, yeah. one of the best TV shows to ever exist. King of the Rock. No, it just brings up memories of the Rock. I'm King of the Zero Rock. <laughs> I still think Claim Jumpers is the best. What, 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 Short. What Good night to the point. Good night, Floyd. That's sad, and I'm sad now. It's something with a drill, you know the drill. <laughs> the drill. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of like that. King of the drill. So what? Okay, so these two guys discovered King the planet. of the drill. Hold on, these two guys discovered this planet. They mm-hmm. get to name it, right? Yeah, yeah. So but, your mom's titties. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Carl. Name it. Name it. Giant cock. My giant cock. The new robots would come and claim it and rename it, and they're like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, they're like Floyd named it. <coughs> what about like my own private? He named it Jezebel after his late wife. My own private Vega seven three four seven. Driller robots, attack of the driller robots. How about <laughs> redemption and faith? How about Dad Gummit Planet? <laughs> <laughs> well, name this planet Dad Gummit. Dad Gummit. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking something like Showdown at the OK Corral or something What do you call like it like that? Planet Floyd, right? Because he names it after his dead friend. Maybe maybe that's... The fight, the fight for Floyd? Yeah, that's the not... Battle that's of, not uh, the Battle of Planet Floyd. <laughs> or the Battle of Floyd. The Battle of Floyd. I like Battle that. Battle of Floyd. Starship, I like that. Starship bloopers. I like the Battle of Floyd. Battle of Floyd? Battle yeah. of Floyd. Doug? Yeah, sounds good. All right, the Battle of Floyd. That's our movie. Fuck yes. In the near future, uninhabited worlds are the new frontier. But for two old prospectors, one planet could last a lifetime. This here's my mountain. You keep to your own damn side. Your mountain is watered by my river. Your river is fed by my snow. Your snow. Don't tell me you forgot I claimed them clouds. Dang, you can't claim no clouds. Well, I already did. But... When an intragalactic claim jumper arrives on the scene, the planet feels a whole lot smaller. I claimed all the elements that begin with I. That includes iron. Iron is F-E on the periodic table, you thick-headed, snot-sweating... Floyd, watch out! No, no, you listen to me! I'll put up with your... Floyd, no! All right, Robot Army. In a month's time, I want to be back at the Superlug. That was my best friend, you evil claim-jumping son of a bitch! I'll hang you! For what? Oh, shit. Well, not if I kill you first. Robot Army? Where the hell did he go? On Planet Floyd, one man's war will shake a nation. The giant invaders are fighting amongst themselves. Now is our time to strike! Follow the story of a delirious old man fighting against the inevitable in The Battle for Floyd.
Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Bad Storytellers. I'd like to thank my writing group, Doug Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel, as well as our guest, Malachi Call. Thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> all of our writing that we discuss can be found on our website, badstorytellers.com, along with the show notes. And for any questions, suggestions, or cynical critiques of our work, please contact us at badstorytellers at gmail.com. Also, if you dig the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us gain visibility among the other writing podcasts. I've been your host, Josh LaForge, and I'd like to invite you to join us again next time on Bad Storytellers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.